Thanks for joining us at the Liberty City Podcast. Liberty City values each person's unique experience with faith, and we hope that this word impacts you today. I want to talk to you today on the topic of the sound of rain. And we're in 1 Kings 18, 36 through 44. And I want to read you the whole passage, and then I want to focus specifically on verse 41. And the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 18, 36 through 44, it says, At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are the God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all of these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so that these people will know that you, are, you Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones and the soil, and also licked up all the water in the trench. When all of the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And then Elijah commanded them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let anyone get away. They seized them and Elijah had them brought down to the Kishon Valley and slaughtered there. And Elisha said to Ahab, Go, eat and drink. For there is a sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went back and he ate and drank. And Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bent down and put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he said to his servant. And he went up and looked and there was nothing there. Seven times he said to his servant, go back. And on the seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. Verse 41 again says this. And Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is a sound of heavy rain. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence, for your touch, for your church. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Throughout the Bible, we see uh, water, rain, rivers, and oftentimes it's speaking of the Holy Spirit. And what we have here is we have um, Elijah in between some key moments. He's just defeated 450 prophets of Baal, and he's about to speak to Ahab. And and, and in the meantime, uh, it's a drought. And so he had poured water on the sacrifice, which was counterintuitive. God licked up all the water in the trench, and it was a drought season, and there's about to be rain. Prophetically, he starts speaking and getting his servant to look. And the servant sees that there's a, a cloud the size of a man's hand rising from the sea, and it had been years without rain. And Elijah speaks to Ahab and he gives him some really key and crucial advice. And I shared this with the leaders by the time of watching a few weeks back. And I really felt like this would be a, a, a really key scripture and a key sermon for our church at this time. I felt stirred to speak it. And as soon as I, I shared with the leaders, I was like, you know what? Our church needs to hear this. We've got water, this picture of water, this picture of the sense of a move of God, this outpouring of his presence, really the sense of revival. God God often moves in wind or fire or water. Water is for us. Water replenishes us. It washes out the impurities. We can't live without the water of the Holy Spirit. It's His presence. It's His touch in our lives. And, and Elijah is basically saying, in the middle of this drought season, believe for God to speak. Believe for God to pour out His presence. Believe for God to speak to you and touch you and pour out like revival water again. We're not in a drought in Canada. In fact, we have got uh, 60%, I think, of the world's freshwater lakes and availability in this country. There's one thing we don't lack is fresh water. But there is a drought spiritually. 
We're in the middle of a tough time and people are dry on the inside. We are seasonally dry as people in this country at this time. But there's revival coming. There is the sound of a heavy rain on the way. And Elijah spoke to Ahab and he gave these three words and these three simple words today are the three points that I want to talk to you about. Go, eat and drink. A two-letter word, a three-letter word and a five-letter word today. Go, eat and drink. And I pray God blesses us as we speak together today. The first thing is this. He says to Elijah, Elijah says to Ahab, he says, go. In other words, be active. In other words, move. In other words, keep going. In other words, keep doing, keep verbing. In other words, don't stop. Don't give up. He, he, he talks to him about movement, about staying active. Idle hands, they say, make the devil's work. I'm not talking to you necessarily today about joining the Soulmates Run Club. Although if that's something you want to do, all are welcome. And we can't wait to have you. You might be a Soulmates Walk Club right now. We love that. Just don't be a Soulmates Couch Club. Be active. Look after yourself. Idle hands, they make the devil's work. In years of ministry, the amount of young men in particular that have come to me with issues of lust, with lacking purity in their lives, bad decision-making, pornography issues, these kind of things. The amount of times that I'll find out that they are really inherently, not everybody, but most of the time I find inherently lazy, inherently not doing much, just kind of ticking on through life, but not filling up their life with activity of good, positive things, sport, movement, relationships, serving in the church, having a solid community around them. I'll ask questions like, what time? Do you take your laptop, your cell phone to bed? Yep. And yep. What time do you go to bed? Late. Then I'll encourage just a couple of things. Go to bed before 10 a.m. Keep your devices out of your bedroom and stay active. Stay busy. Keep doing things. Build his church. Build your family. Make disciples. Connect with friends. These are all actions that will sustain you as a person. To go, to move, is to sustain yourself as a person. I've only had a couple of injuries in my life. Uh, recently, a hip injury running, um, and many, many years ago, a bad ankle injury as I was playing basketball and someone came from behind and going for a loose ball and I didn't dive on the ball I should have. I should have gone in wholeheartedly, but I didn't. I went in half-heartedly and this man full-heartedly come from behind me and twisted my ankle bad. Felt like it was, it was broken. Turns out I wasn't. I was just being a prima donna. My ankle was so sore for weeks. I, I, I figured out what, what um, ankle straps Steph Curry used and I ordered a couple online. You know, I felt like the man. But I was, I was flying on a plane one time on like a long haul, Auckland to London. It's about 18 hours. And I was on the plane and I was flying um, about 11 hours into the flight. And I looked down at my ankle, which had been pretty good up until this point. For many, many weeks, it had been fine. And it was swollen the size of a pumpkin. And I was freaking out because, you know, you hear of like blood clots on planes and people dying and all these kind of things. And in a moment, I was freaking out because my ankle was swollen, massive like a cantaloupe. And I remember I got up and I, I kind of gingerly started walking up and down the plane. And you know what happened? The movement eased the pain and reduced the swelling because movement for your body is good. Movement for your soul is also good. Keep doing. Keep stepping forward, one step in front of the other. Do not give up. Don't let anything stop you from walking into the promised land that God has for your life. Be a part of the move of God that's working in your life, keep doing what you 
are doing. The Sabbath heavy person right now is internally critiquing this sermon. I can feel you coming through the screen. Right now you're saying, Levi, but God rested. We must rest. The Bible's clear. Levi, in the world that we live in, that's so busy, we've got to take time out and rest. And friend, you are right. There's nothing that you've said through the screen today at me, through the thinking. That's wrong. But I will say this. God did work hard for six days before he took rest. We must rest. We must self-care. We must look after ourselves. But we have to, once we've done that, get back to work and move and go and keep taking steps to move forward in this life. Moving will sustain you as a person. In this season, keep active. I preached a sermon a few weeks back talking about the sociologist Ray Oldenburg who wrote a book about the third place. People have home, people have work, but people want that third place. I thought about, you know, uh, the UK historically has had the pub. Different countries have had the one-stop shops, the, the Walmarts or the Costcos of the world. Then I thought about Canada. What's Canada's third place historically? I asked a couple of people. I said, surely it's the hockey club. People were like, yeah, yeah, maybe. I said, oh, you, know, you don't have a lot of money. Hockey's hard to get into. And then it dawned on me. The third place for Canada historically has been the outdoors. Is there another country more outdoorsy than Canada? I love running, walking, hanging with families. And you're outside and people are walking their dogs, going cruising with their family. Often people just paired up, just cruising. Even in the pandemic, people are out there being active. Go, 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 he said. The second thing he said, he said go. Then he said, and this is, this is my favorite. He said eat. Oh, if moving will sustain you as a person, then eating will sustain you as a Christian. Eating food is the best. Like there are love, there are like live to eat people and eat to live people. So there are people who live to eat, like they live for food. That's Nadia. Then there are people who eat to live. That's me. People just see food as fuel. So I'll just sit there. The other day I was sitting down, we were at the office, had some food, and we ordered a wolf down like German street food sandwich. Jaden inhaled his sandwich. And this is a big sandwich too, big things like that is fat. I reckon, I reckon less than four minutes. I didn't time it because I'm not that guy. But I thought about it later. In fact, it was my buffalo at dinner that night. I, he, like three, four minutes, bang. That's because Jaden's not a like, he doesn't live to eat. He's not a foodie. He's more like a like, I want to just, I want to eat so that I can live. Like it's fuel for my body. I love food. Like it's all good, but I'm not at night dreaming about it. I just want to make sure that I'm fueled so that I can go. He said, eat. I was in a leaders meeting a few years ago talking about how we could better connect with people in the church and I asked this guy, I was like, what do you do, bro? You're really, his name was Josh Siopole. I said, Josh, you're great at connecting with people, man. Like we've got all these ideas about trying to talk about people's interests or trying to find out their personality type. But what about you? What's your secret? And he goes, what, really? You want me to tell you? I was like, yeah, you're great, man. Like you're just naturally charismatic, vivacious kind of guy, gregarious dude. What's your, what's your secret for us? Teach us, man. And he goes, oh, for real? He goes, man, my secret is this. I just asked them what their favorite food is. Favorite food? I was like, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, man. We just start chatting. And I'm like, what food do you like? Like fish and chips? Like burgers? Like steak? What are you, what are you into? And they start talking about food. After that, I tried it. I was amazed. Everybody loves talking about food. People love books. Yeah, sure. Movies is good. Sport can be great. But food is such an inherent part of our culture that people love thinking and talking about food. Right now, it's the 10 a.m. service. 
and you just had breakfast, but now I'm talking about food, you're, worrying, you're wondering about brunch. It's the three o'clock service. You know, you just had lunch, but now you're thinking about dinner. We think about food all the time. Athletes talk about like, man's got to eat, got to get that bread. You know, what's his name? David Raj, talking about like, you got to be like a blind dog in a meat house. What is this meat house business? What is this blind dog business? I don't know, but we love thinking and talking about this concept of food and being fed. There's an old Cherokee teaching his grandson about life. He says, a fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. A terrible fight between two wolves. One is evil, anger, sorrow, regret, envy, arrogance, self-pity. And the other, he said, is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness. The grandson thought for a minute and said to his, his grandfather, which wolf will win? And the old Cherokee simply replied, the one that you feed. What are you feeding? What are you feeding yourself? Or better yet, what's in you that you're feeding? There are some hurts that you need to stop feeding. There are some regrets, stop feeding them. There are some positive things that you need to make sure that you are feeding on a regular basis. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about what you're putting into your life, relationships, music, conversations. Fresh Wind by Hillsong just came out. I came out a few weeks ago and I was late to the party. And Nadia texted, she leaned over the other day. She said, hey, you need to reach out to David Weir, who's the writer of the song. You need to give him a call and say that his song was great. And I was like, I'm, my first thought was like, I don't even know if it's great. I'm sure it is, but I have, I have to listen to it. So I turned it on. I have not stopped listening to that song on repeat since I first heard it, trying to just feed myself. What conversations are you involved in? I'm trying to get better at just clocking off conversations that are just not positive, that are just not life-giving. What experiences, you know? Um, Matthew 4, 3 says, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You are my daily bread, the Bible says. We get hungry for the things of God, worship, prayer, spiritual disciplines. What are you eating? What are you feeding yourself? What goes into your life? What, people want to know what comes out. People are worried about success. These things are established by what we put in, by what we feed ourselves. Whatever is retained is more than if you had read nothing. Oh, that's talking about Bible reading. 30-day shred. I read the Bible in 30 days. Woohoo! I'm actually waiting for my certificate, some kind of medal or something, for people to celebrate me because I tweeted about it and put it on Instagram at least seven or ten times. No one was like, hey, man, well done. You know, Just looking for some encouragement in the church. You know? But here's the thing. Of all the 30 days of reading that I was audio and reading and trying to just get it in me, I probably will retain about 5%, I reckon, about 5%. But that's 5% more than if I had read nothing. In fact, that's infinitely more than if I had read nothing. You and me just have to focus on feeding ourselves the right things to sustain our ability to go. He said, go. He said, eat. And he said, drink. Drink. If moving will sustain you as a person and eating will sustain you as a Christian, then I believe that drinking will sustain you and I as a leader. Why leadership, Levi? Let me tell you why. Because to be a Christian is to be a leader. That we should be on the front foot of societal change, of revolutionizing people's lives, of bringing discipleship, bringing Jesus central into people's homes. That we should be leading society at every level. Healthcare, education, politics, athletes in the business world. To, to be a Christian is to be a leader. 
that our, our great crown jewel of our faith, Jesus, was inherently a leader leading people in a revolution. The Christian faith is a leadership faith, a faith that builds leaders. It's a faith that builds. But we must be people that go, that eat and feed well, but we must be people that drink. To drink in his presence is to get to that part of your daily devotional worship time, encounter with God, that you are no longer reading off your agenda or petitioning in prayer, but just receiving what God would have you receive. Pictures, dreams, answers, revelation, insight, comfort, peace. Whatever it is that he wants to give you, to drink is to receive that. I had a phone conversation with a friend yesterday. He runs a hospital in in London, uh, in the UK. And tough time, tough time for him at the moment with with what's happening with COVID-19. And and we're talking away. And right at the end, I said, man, do you mind if I pray for you? He's like, yeah, that'd be great. And I was like, dude, just receive, man. Just receive what God would have for you today. Just drink it up. And for us, that's what God wants for us. We talk, he talks, it's great. But there are times where he just wants to pour out, you know. With my kids, it's great. Talking, hanging, relationships, great. But there are times where I just want to just pour out into their lives, just encourage them, just bless them, you know. Put them to bed, brush their hair back. God bless them right now. Nads and I were in London, uh, sorry, we were in Paris a few years back and we went for the first time to the Cathedral of Notre Dame before the Great Fire. Beautiful, ornate, spacious, just a magnanimous space. We walked in and on our right was a a life-size crucifix of Christ and it was the last thing we wanted to do on the trip. So we're like, hey, we've got to go to Notre Dame, have to. Didn't know where it was, didn't know how to get there apart from just like online. So we're like Googling maps and cycling to get there. And then we got there, we're like, is this it? I think it's it. There's a lot of people. I'm not sure. Google images. Yep, phone. This is the one. <laughs> we get inside. Amazing. And there's this life-size crucifix of Jesus. And we both kind of turned together and just kind of instantaneously just held hands, just looking up at this. The pain of this man, the Messiah, the Savior, this God-man who would in this moment remind us of what he did. But I, I said to Nadia, because it reminded me of what we did. I said, we put him there. She said, yeah. She started crying. I said, man, but he wouldn't have it any other way. And we just, we just stood for a minute. We just drank. We just drank in his presence. The psalmist writes, my soul longs for you, even thirsts for you, like a deer pants for the water. And, and when we drink and get to that place of the, the most holy place and we drink in his presence, it's the final step of seeking God, isn't it? It's finding him. It's the final step of looking and searching and then and finding. Every night the kids, they go upstairs, uh, Hugo, uh, Jovi and Mika, and we play smash him, smash him on the bed. So if you ever talk, if you, if, you, if you ever hear me talking about smashing the kids on the bed, that's what it is, it's the game we play. It's me and Hugo versus Jovi and Mika. Mika, man, feisty, strong, man. Like, I'm like, worried I'm going to get injured, you know? And so you have to get, your partner has to get the other two off the bed. There's three rounds. But to start off, they run upstairs and they hide. So they hide under the blankets and in the, in the like cupboard and stuff, and I've got to find them. The searching is great, the romance, the mystery of it, but the finding is brilliant. And when you find God's presence, 
the drinking that takes place. We thank and we love you. We lift you high and we worship you, but then we just receive what he has. And friend, you gotta go, because we gotta go. Life is short. There's lots that we wanna do in this life to make a positive change in those that we are around and we live with. We wanna eat to sustain that, that going, right? But we gotta to minister to the Lord. We gotta receive what he has for us. And that is when we drink. Stephen Olford, who was, a, who was an associate of Billy Graham said this, he said, revival is an invasion from heaven that brings a conscious awareness of God. Revival is an invasion from heaven that brings a conscious awareness of God. We have to live and be people who live in a conscious awareness of God's presence, of what He's doing and drinking in everything. I love following Landon's pics. Landon um, Entwistle, one of the the best Instagram followers because you can tell that Landon's always looking, like photographers are, always looking for that right shot, always looking for the right lights, right time of the day. Is it foggy? Is it, you know, whatever, is there cloud cover not? Always looking for those right elements that create that, that shot. And his photos are on after the service. If you're new here today, you're going to love them. He's just a stunning photographer. But for me, Landon is not looking for a great photo. Landon, I think, when I, when I think about Landon and his journey of what he's looking for, he's not looking for the photo. He's looking for the creator. He's looking for like, God, what have you done? What have you, what have you facilitated today that I, can, that I can look for, that I can snap? Take that photo. You and me need to live our lives like that. In my life today, what have you done? Where's the thread of God's work in my life right now? And I give you praise and I drink in your presence. So I'm praying in this season that we would be a people that prophetically hear the sound of a heavy rain. But we prepare ourselves to receive that revival rain by moving, do not give up, by eating and feeding on the right things, but by receiving as well and drinking in His presence. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, I don't know Jesus, I'm, I'm not right with God. Then friend, I just want you to know that He gave His life. Jesus died on that cross in that cathedral in Notre Dame, that, that life-size crucifix of Christ. He died and gave His life for you and for me. It's a price that you couldn't pay. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Romans 10, I think. That you and me can't afford to pay that price. He paid it for us. And so if you're here, and you want to connect with that Jesus who is no longer dead, but He's alive and alive in your life and in mine. If you want to connect with Him and get your life right with Jesus, then friend, let me pray a very simple prayer for you today. Let me pray it with you. I'll say one line and you repeat it with me. It goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you. I need you in my life. I ask you, forgive me of my sin. And I thank you that you do. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Love you so much, church. See you later. We're so glad you joined us at Liberty City Podcast. Please check us out on social media and find an event to connect with us.